Hey, what is up, my dogs? Guess what? It is officially the middle of November, or should I say Movember. I am still alive. Even more importantly, I am rallying support from the people, the community of Heart of Dating. We were literally on a live, and I got more thumbs up and approval for my mustache <laughs> Then honestly, any topic we've ever floated in Heart of Dating before, Kate was floored. I was basking in the goodness of your guys' support. So I'm doing Movember for you guys, okay? And what I'm likely going to do is maybe do a little poll or something. This is definitely going to get me in trouble. But, you know, for my men, I'm willing to do it. I'm thinking that we're going to go handlebars, goatee, pencil stash. We're going to mix it up for the last week. I will probably be living in the shed behind my house for the last week of November, but for you guys, I'm willing to do it, okay? So today, I am so excited. This is going to be a super, super, super fun episode because maybe it doesn't always relate to trust. Maybe it relates to something else in your guys' life, but today is going to be, she has trust issues, what do I do? I can't tell you. I get this one a lot in my DMs. Basically, a young man comes to me and he says, bro, I love this girl. She's got everything, including trust issues, okay? Well, this is very, very normal. It's a really, really difficult challenge if you've never experienced it before. And the worst thing we can do is take it personal. So today, we got some really great heart tips some mind tips, and some practical steps on what this looks like. It's going to be great. But before we go there, let's get into our housekeeping items. We got the Heart of Dating Conference. Guys, VIP is almost sold out already. In person, it's definitely going to sell out. We already got it being pushed to the churches in Atlanta. We got Story Church. We got Passion Church. We got people flying from all over the world to make it in person. So that is going to be lit. I still can't believe this, guys. We have so many people who come by themselves. They come by themselves. They travel all the way. They say, you know what? I'm just going to send it. I'm going to come by myself. I'm going to figure out where I'm staying. I'm going to figure out who I'm hanging out with, but I'm coming by myself. You guys are so brave. I'm like, man, I'm this six foot one you know, ex-football player trying to be manly and pretending to be brave. You guys are brave. I love it. We already have a MOG house. We got a bunch of guys planning to stay in an Airbnb together. If you guys are interested in coming, you want a piece of the MOG house, go ahead and hit me up on Instagram. I'll forward you to the group and we'll make sure you guys are taken care of. Let's do this. In case you haven't heard, we're also going to be doing virtual watch parties, most likely in LA and Dallas. Just so we don't want you guys, if you're going to be watching it remotely, we really don't want you having to watch it completely by yourself. We would love to make this as accessible and as community driven as possible. Secondly, we got the TSA men's group. Guess what? We just dropped this week on top of the men's group, on top of meeting monthly, we dropped workout programs. Yes, workout programs for the men. In case you didn't know, this is a humble brag, but I just want to let you guys know. I've added 35 pounds to my bench press max in one month. I'm stronger than I was in my entire 
college football career with this new workout program I'm on. So we're dropping a beginner workout program and an advanced workout program on a special app. I even got an app for you guys in TSA. This is pretty fun because I think the most fun part about it is just the camaraderie of pursuing health and just like challenge together. There's something about men. Men don't like soft, encouraging messaging sometimes. They like crave to be challenged. So guess what? We got a great challenge going on there. It's really fun to see everybody's updates on a daily basis. And we're just going to get healthy. And the side note is we're going to show up to conference absolutely yoked and in shape. I love it. (laughs) So what I'm loving this week, spiritually, this word spiritual formation, maybe you guys are smarter and more educated than me, but this one's new. Spiritual formation is basically the process and the journey which we open our hearts to a deeper connection with God. We are literally conforming our life Sunday to Sunday to the life of Christ with a desire to habitually change everything. If you guys are like me, I grew up in a non-denominational, evangelical, hybrid, charismatic, you know, upbringing. And the whole thought process was I go to church more, I read my Bible more equals change. Go to church more, read my Bible more equals change. And what you start to notice and what you start to see in your parents' life and the life of your friends and mentors and people in the church is that does not always equal change. How come you're still yelling at your wife and kids, you know, verbally abusing them? How come you're emotionally still on an infant stage? How come you read your Bible more, you go to church more, and your life is not changing? You're still susceptible to sins and triggers and patterns, and it just doesn't really work. (laughs) I have definitely seen this in my life. I've seen it in the life growing up and the people around me. So spiritual formation is like, hey, I love all this stuff and it's great stuff going to church and devotions and Bible studies, but I want to change. Like I want to change and you should be able to look back over your life and see change and growth. So I think there's going to be a lot more to come on that. I'm super, super excited. Lifestyle wise, what I'm loving lately, you guys are going to like this. You ready? I've started to try to purposely reach out and check in on friends more. You know those like whims of the day or time on Instagram or Twitter, whatever it is that person's brought up in conversation or you're watching their favorite sports team? Text your friend. If you have that whim of a thought with that friend, go ahead and text them with no agenda except just saying, hey, bro, thinking about you, just want to see how you're doing, and I just want to say I love you. Guys... We are notorious for picking up in person exactly where we left off. I literally have friends who I haven't seen or talked to in three years. I'll run into them and we literally bro hug, we talk, we have a great time, and then we go on with our life. It's really, really cool, but there is this point where it's like, why don't we reach out more? Why are we not a little bit more intentional? So instead of waiting for somebody to reach out to me, I'm just like, you know what? I'm tired of this. I'm going to be proactive. I don't care if they respond or not. I just want to check in, let them know I was thinking about them, and I'm just going to do it. It takes me five seconds, and it's worth so much. And then lastly, media-wise, I just started watching this show with Kate. Ironically, I was playing Xbox the night that she started watching this. It's called The Peripheral. It's on Amazon Prime Video, and basically... It's about video games and Sims where she can essentially like 
teleport into the future body and she's fighting a war um at first she thinks it's a video game but it's actually real life it's pretty interesting especially if you like sci-fi it's based off a book she is in north carolina and it's in 2033 i think so it's just super cool especially if you guys need a new cool sci-fi show to tune into i really enjoy it and then lastly in my DMs, the question is this. Hey, JJ, I have been recently speaking with a girl whom I like very much. I personally love to flirt and have great banter with a girl. For me, it's just super fun and how I was raised to appreciate humor and build a relationship. However, she was really upset and didn't like it. I want to respect her, but also, is she being too much? Would this not be a good match for us considering I am so different and like Bainter and she's a little bit more, I hate to say it, sensitive? Okay, this will also feed into today. I will just say this, especially in the beginning where you don't know them, they don't know you, you can't just assume or project your own way of, re of building relationships onto them. Let me put it this way, ironically enough, had just talked to a young lady who does not appreciate banter, who at first glance, you might be like, well, she's being quote unquote too sensitive. Guys, let me just, you know, level set right here. After talking to her, the reason why she didn't like the guy made fun of her accessory, her bag, I think it was a lighthearted joke, but it just didn't sit well with her. She went home and cried after the date. You want to know why? It's because this young lady, when she was 10 to 13 years old, was bullied heavily at school and struggled with suicidal thoughts. And she was made fun of consistently. So even a lighthearted joke about her accessory today as an adult really triggered her and completely made her upset and feel horrible and to the point that after the date she cried. Okay, so you just I just want to level set. I was raised this way as well, bantering and flirting and et cetera, et cetera. And I would just say in the beginning, if they communicate that, like error on the side of absolutely respecting it, okay? Because you just never know. You really, really never know somebody's story. You really know, don't know how it sits with them. When it comes to the banter, I think a good way to do it is to gently broach the bantering, but let them kind of set the pace. If they give you spicy takes back, if they give you spicy banter back, you can reciprocate it. But I would just use extreme caution with the banter and the flirting that way. Like you could just never go wrong flirting with encouragement and positivity at this point. So I hope that's helpful. And then let's get started. That was a long intro segment, but I think, you know, my gut intuition is that you guys kind of like to just come here to hang out. <laughs> and so that's where I like to be a little bit more personal with you guys instead of just jumping straight into the program. So hope you guys enjoy that. Side note, I love the feedback from you guys. I really appreciate it. I don't want to be, you know, any kind of pastoral voice here today. I'm one of you guys. I mess up a lot. One request from you guys that really stood out to me was I mentioned personal anecdotes and personal stories, and then I don't <laughs> tell the story or the anecdote. The reason why I do that is I'm on a time limit. These are mini-sodes, not full episodes. And two, I just sometimes I think that you guys prefer to hear the practical teaching behind my story. But that being said, if I do tell a story in these podcasts, just know I don't do that because I like to hear my own voice. 
I do it just because I hope it maybe shares some examples and some vulnerability with you guys that we can kind of all build around it. Okay. The last thing I'm here to do is gain influence and power and just kind of just talk about my life all the time. Okay. So that being said, I'm off my soapbox. <laughs> Let's actually jump into the episode today because I think you guys are going to like it. So the background of this, multiple men, JJ, what do I do? I'm into this girl. We're on the third date. We're on the third month of dating. We're on the third year of relationship. And my girl has severe trust issues. What do I do? It's a great question. And here's the reality. What I love that ties all three of those time frames together, whether it's short, medium, or long-term, guess what? You guys are all hitting on the core issue that trust it is a non-negotiable. It is essential to any healthy human relationship, girlfriend, sibling, parent, friend, you have to have trust. And when your girl has trust issues, it does not mean you cannot have a healthy relationship. It just means it will be a bit more challenging. And guess what? Good news for you guys. When you have more challenging issues in your relationship, guess what? It's an opportunity for you to level up. Challenges are a very, very good thing for us men that help sharpen us and help us level up. So here's what you need to know. When it comes to trust and her trust issues, this is basically the format and the conversation of, okay, well, she has trauma, okay? When somebody has trust issues, it is 1,000% bred out of she dated somebody who very, very much wronged her, who created severe mistrust and relationship. The reason we know this and we see it all through life is, you know, when you are out on the streets and you see a dog in the corner alley, it's been beaten, it's been hurt, it's been abused its entire life. When you walk up to it, right, a gentle, loving, hopefully, you know, you really want to protect it, nourish it, cherish it. That dog doesn't know you. It just knows its prior experience and it's carrying that trauma with it. So when it sees you, it has no way to distinguish you, your heart, your motive, your actual self from the last human it saw that came and beat it. Okay, so that is essentially the same scenario when you're approaching someone with trust issues and trauma. It has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with your character, with your heart. It has everything to do with their experience. And you might be like, well, it's unfair for them to quote unquote project that on me. It's like, well, what do you expect? You know, the last thing they experienced, the last thing they tasted is just that. So as humans, you're going to want to protect yourself. You're going to want to protect yourself from pain. If you don't believe me, just think about the painful experience of your childhood and teenage years. What do you do right after those painful experience? Well, you're going to try and protect yourself. You're going to put up walls. You're going to change your patterns, your behaviors. You're going to you're going to protect yourself. It's in your DNA. So, her protecting herself, self-preservation has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with her traumas and her triggers. So, number 1, here's what you need to know. Don't take it personal. Do not take it personal. If you get sucked in, you make it about you, you make it personal, you make it you know, about your character, your heart, XYZ, your trust, then you've already lost. Then this is not a good situation and you have an uphill battle for this relationship. So number one, you cannot make it personal. I love relating everything back to Christ. When we go to Christ 
and we have all of our junk, our triggers, our trauma, what does he do? Does he take it a personal? Does he say, how could you believe that about me and my body and what I've done for you, right? No, he listens and he validates and he waits and he comforts us. He provides us security and safety, okay? So do not take it personal. And if you do, by the way, take it personal, you completely cut off any ability to love her and cherish her. So it's actually a really big deal. Number two, this is a really, really big thing. Her trauma, her triggers, her parts are not a negative thing about her. I repeat, her traumas, her baggage, those things that are definitely flaring, they are not a negative thing about her. Because it actually doesn't matter who you marry, guess what? You are going to marry an imperfect person who is bringing their junk into their marriage. Where? Nobody talks about this. You ready? Their junk, when you get married, becomes your junk. Kate's junk, when we get married, guess what? By default, becomes our junk. The attitude of, hey, this is your little pile of crap, and this is my little pile of crap. You take care of yours. I take care of mine. When you're single, that is absolutely true. It's not your responsibility to make sure that somebody's seeking out healing. It's not your job, your responsibility to totally support them in that journey. Singleness is the best time to take care of our pain, our trauma, our triggers, so that hopefully we can walk into a relationship with some sort of healing, some sort of foundation, even though it's not perfectly healed. But that's when singleness is the best time. Now, I will say this. I'm not going to front. Some people are more healed than others. There are some girls who have been through more therapy, more counseling, more inner healing, more sozo than other girls. There's some girls who just haven't had that trauma, those roots exposed. And then more importantly, there's just some girls who haven't had men consistently love them and cherish them and have completely just encourage them to keep putting up those walls and to keep not dealing with their triggers and traumas. Men are such a convenient excuse because of our failure that they don't want to tackle their issues, right? They just want to tackle where the men has failed them. But it, realistically speaking, some women show up into relationships just like men with more healing than others, okay? But regardless of who it is, they are going to be bringing their baggage into the relationship and newsflash it does become our baggage <laughs> kate's suitcases and suitcases guess what they become our baggage which in marriage is a very very awesome attitude to take now number three i know that was a little all over the place i promise we'll be a little bit more clear moving forward i love this one number three her trauma and triggers these are your opportunity as men to love and contribute to the new narrative in our life. That godly people, godly men, you, a godly man, an ambassador of Christ, you're not here to run. You're not here to cower. You are not here to make it about you. Godly men know truly how to die to themselves, to not make conflict about them so that they can show up and listen and love and elevate others' needs above their own. Now, what this does not mean is you are neglecting your needs. 
This just simply means you are prioritizing her needs over yours in this moment. Again, I love that. It's such a great picture of relationship as men. We kind of, this is a really, really hard, fine line to walk, right? We're not called to abandon our needs. We're not called to neglect them. This is just simply a call to prioritize her needs over yours in that moment. Because as a great rule of thumb, when somebody especially approaches you in conflict and trauma and trigger with something that you did, a problem of theirs, do not reply to their feelings and their conflicts with your feelings and your conflicts, right? If somebody approaches you, they have initiated, it is now your responsibility to acknowledge that, to listen to it, to walk through it, and then at a later time, If you want to initiate that conversation, instead of just suppressing it and wiping it under the carpet, you can schedule 15 minutes, 30 minutes in a very safe way, return and respond with your feelings, your thoughts, your feedback. I think men, sometimes we kind of swing the pendulum. Okay, I'm going to totally die to self. I'm going to totally prioritize her needs. I'm going to totally listen and support her and prioritize her. That's great. But we're not called to neglect and never follow up. If we have helpful feedback, if we have helpful thoughts, we have helpful concerns, that is still your responsibility to surface, but you cannot react in that moment with your thoughts, okay? You have to hold a very safe place and respond, not react with your thoughts, your feelings, and a side tip, always come with a plan. Always come with not just a airing out of your complaints, but here's what I would love for us to do about it, right? Make it super constructive, make it super helpful, make it feel like you can both win in response to this situation. If you look at any human and say, I want to have a safer relationship between you and I, I want to have more trust. I want to have more room for us to hear and listen to each other. No girl is going to hear that and be like, no, I'm not interested, right? So make it mutually beneficial for both of you guys. Okay, so those are some very, very helpful ways to view her trauma and triggers, right? So this should affect two things. When we realize these two things, it should affect two things. Number one, it should affect our mindset. And number two, It should affect our heart posture. Now, as men, we love to just focus in on number one. Let's make a mindset change. Let's make a logical, reasonable mindset change that helps us view the situation completely different. But if you do that without the heart posture, there's going to be no empathy. There's going to be no love. There's going to be no compassion. And then you're just going to be a robot. You're going to be a robot reciting talking points. You're going to listen to their trauma, their pain. And you're going to say it with your mind because you heard from a podcast that this is a helpful tip. This is going to make this situation easier for me as a man to walk through. I'm going to have less of a messy mess to clean up in the situation, I'm just going to recite this phrase that I heard from a podcast because I heard it makes my life easier. Okay, you see, that's a mindset change. It's completely efficient. It's only reasonable. It's only logical. It's super, super important to have our heart posture and emotions equally tied in and change. Why? Because this is where our compassion Our love and our empathy is unlocked for another human being, 
Okay, so I love this wisdom plus like compassion that's being unlocked. So let's jump into mindset. Listen to me. For the mindset training, even if you don't marry this girl with trust issues, consider this whole entire situation, this whole challenge with her trauma and trigger, consider this your training ground. Because the worst attitude as men we could ever have in our mind is this. You ready? This is like our kryptonite. Ugh. Quote, that's her problem to deal with. End quote. That thought by itself in our mind, I know we all feel it. As humans, we feel it, but especially as men seeing this problem rationally, quote, that's just her problem to deal with, end quote. I'm not saying that we take a fully codependent mentality and assume a savior complex like there is a full clear responsibility that she has to seek out healing for herself. Yes, that is, again, literally one of the greatest gifts and responsibilities of singleness. However, our mindset of not touching her issues with a 10-foot pole and harping on them, seeing them, guess what it does? It elevates us and gives us a spiritual and moral high ground. It is a breeding ground for pride and self-righteousness. So not only is it harmful for her, but it's harmful for ourselves as men seeing their issues and isolating them and just saying that's her mess to deal with, right? Like we don't have a mess in our own lives. I love the picture of Jesus with the woman who was caught red-handed in her adulterous mess. What did he say to those religious leaders? Who among you has not sinned? Who among you has not sinned? Side note, he had every right to just be convicting every person there, looking at their issues and trauma and saying, that's your guys' mess to deal with. You guys got some messy, messy lives to deal with. I'm literally perfect, and you guys got some messy stuff. No, even Jesus looked at them and says, who among you has not sinned? My mindset when I see that mess in my girl's life, my first thought should be this. Have I never sinned? Have I never messed up? Have I never had traumas or triggers or misblamed somebody? Do I have a perfect emotional, relational mindset? And as soon as we start asking that question, guess what? We are immediately humbled to an even playing surface right with them. They are not messier than us. They are not more chaotic. They are not more broken than us. We are the same broken pieces made perfect by the same Savior and Holy Spirit. I love it. So that is our mindset, and those are the questions. Number two, our heart posture. I think we use logic and reason to expel any moral support, moral superiority. This is where we are called and led as men to use logic. But however, if my feelings and my heart posture to her is untouched, it will be annoyed. I will feel like she is too much. Her emotions, her pain, her trauma, it's too much for my emotions to rally around and sympathize. My container is not big enough. If I feel disgusted or condescending, annoyed by her pain and trauma, guess what? I don't care what our mindset looks like. We have already lost. Our nuclear submarines and our heart and soul, our mind, should be blaring. We have a major heart issue, okay? Our heart posture as Christian men should be deeply empathetic, 
deeply compassionate, deeply seeking to understand. Jesus looked into the crowd and he was moved by compassion. What do you think he saw when he looked out? Do you think he saw pretty, cute, innocent, fun children who had all their messes cleanly packed and organized in the corner? No, he saw the brokenness, the pain, the trauma, the hurt, the hunger, and he was moved by compassion. He was not annoyed, okay? The emotion, the trauma, that is not too much for us as men. That is our opportunity as men to be the empathetic container. You can literally ask her in these moments, what do you need to build trust? What do you need from me to hold a safe space? Give her that opportunity and she will give you specifics. And then as soon as she gives you those thoughts, you are able and open and willing to work on those things on her behalf. This will make you a better man. There's a great video by Brené Brown called The Anatomy of Trust for specifically those trust issues. So lastly, let me give you six. You know this wouldn't be a man minisode if we didn't end on some kind of practical advice for my evangelical non-denominational fellows out there. You ready? So practically, here is what it looks like playing out, the heart change and the mind change. Number one, we become a supporter, not a fixer. We are a supporter, not a fixer, right? We're departing from the savior complex, but we're not, you know, not touching this with a 10-foot pole. We are supporting them. We are their biggest cheerleader in the healing process. Number two, be trustworthy. If they have trust issues, again, it's not personal, but this is your opportunity to step in and build trust. You can literally ask her, what can I do to build trust? And then no matter how ridiculous, well, to a degree, if they're hopefully reasonable, easy, small things, then go out and do it. With Kate, when we are dating, she had been cheated on, especially recently on Instagram. Guys, for me to go unfollow those chicks who I'm not dating, who I don't really have fruitful friendship with, for me to just mute stories and not really ever have it a question, for me to have an unlocked phone around her and give that transparency was not a problem at all. I had no problem with being completely transparent in my social media life, especially when we were exclusively dating. I want her to be able to go into my text messages and my Instagram anytime anytime and not even have a question for me. That literally comes down to the emojis I'm using. If any single girl's replying to my story, anything, it is very, very clear. It's very, very not questionable. I'm always gonna err on the side that if she picked up my phone anytime, she would be totally okay. And I don't even have to defend something, okay? It's that clear. Number three, be patient. Healing happens in layers, okay? You might be showing up perfect, perfect with all this advice I might have been giving you. And guess what? She still might be having a trigger every now and then, blaming you, X, Y, Z. Do not take it personal. Be patient. Do not fall into the trip of offense or make it about you, okay? Number four, be vulnerable. I love this one. To be vulnerable means to be woundable, okay? So, some people, some girls just need more reassurance to establish trust. I think a good way to do this is to lead, okay? One thing you can do is you can show them it's okay to open up. It's okay to trust the other person. You're leading by example. 
that you know you are sharing information that is like exposing you and it's making you woundable and you are showing them the way number five be consistent be consistent and love be consistent and listening to them be consistent and supporting them they are literally used to the opposite okay they've been conditioned to the opposite so if they reject it at first they're not gelling with it they're not driving with it that's that's like expected okay they're not used to it so get them used to it be consistent with that behavior and number six my favorite one make sure you are finding support moral support character support spiritual support make sure you have a group of dudes of men who are wiser than you, men with more experience than you, pouring into you that you can call up when you're having a hard time because you will not be perfect and say, hey, I need your help. I need your help. I need support. That is the best thing as men you could ever, ever, ever do for yourself. Do not do this by yourself. Do not try to tackle the savior complex on by yourself. Have support. Have a guy who loves you, who can look at you dead in the eye, tell you what's wrong and cheer you up to send you back into that room to love her better. I love you guys. Hit me up in the DMs. You know, I'm always here for you. I hope this was a great episode. This is so much fun. Again, it is my privilege, my honor. Anything that comes out of these episodes that is good, that is wise, attribute it to wiser people than me, attribute it to the Holy Spirit. Any part of these episodes that's boring, that you guys want to skip, that's wrong or incorrect, attribute that to JJ, me trying to do my best, okay? I love you guys. Have a wonderful day. Happy Wildlife Friday. Let's go!